Episode five of the White Lotus, Gnome Boys, just Dirk and Matt again this week. A little, little doubles team action here, but a lot to discuss in this episode, Dirk. Yeah, I'm really excited for this. I think uh, this is kind of the the episode um, that is just, these theories are going to be going wild, I'm, I'm pretty sure, from from the two of us here. Yeah, my my mindset on a lot of this stuff has, has shifted some just in the last couple episodes, where, and some on the season-long stuff. We're going to get a little opera history this week as well, which I'm sure you're not surprised about. Get my preparedness there and seeing the the opera and how that plays into uh, Tanya's storyline. So we're going to get some some opera there, which I'm sure not neither of us are anywhere close to experts on. Yeah, the so history of music to. or uh, what oh, was we that? Did think that's called Get Hambone. <laughs> we should oh, know man. more. About Wasn't it just called the history of music? I think I, I think that was it. Um. I mean, but I'm not positive. No, 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 no. Music appreciation. Oh, that was one. <laughs> really? I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure it's called music appreciation. What a class. What was that dude's what was that dude's name again? I can picture him perfectly. I can but picture I him perfectly. Think of his name. Oh man. A tangent. That, come back. That, that's applicable to like three people, and we're two of them. <laughs> but what a class that was. What a class. All right. Um let's just jump into it so as always starting with with the with the couples and there's there's some meat on the bones in the ethan harper cameron daphne storyline this week um so ethan wakes up and finds the condom wrapper in the bathroom that harper had left there just for him to find and set off some some fireworks here um so he asked harper about it and she and she said she found it yesterday in the couch and and ethan just like ah shit because he wasn't going to tell her about Cameron, but now he has to. Because either tell your wife you cheated, which is which is a lie, or just throw your friend in the bus. Pretty easy choice, I think. So he tells yeah. her it was Cameron with Uchia and Mia. He does tell them, tell her, that Mia tried to kiss him, but he freaked out, so nothing happened. And tell, tells her that they were hookers, which is one and a half true, kind of, I guess. Mia's still kind of in the transitional phase, it looks like. Um and she and and Harper is not thrilled about this. I was gone for one fucking night, and you do Molly with hookers. That's a that's a reasonable reaction, I think. Yeah, I had that quote written down too. I'm glad you said that. I was like, well, yeah, you kind of deserve that one, Ethan. And then and then he tries to tries to say it's um that it's okay that that he, that she should be glad that with all that that he didn't do anything. It's like I get the point you're trying to make, but that's something you just don't say it's like oh you should be glad that i didn't cheat on you which is kind of expected in any sort of committed relationship especially a marriage that was awful i just wrote for that part ethan sucks that really <laughs> was like dude you're you're at a point already where you're playing the victim role here you're you're pulling the victim card essentially being like oh yeah everything that i did really isn't that big of a deal in the end so don't make it one because i didn't sleep with a hooker <laughs> like what are you talking about dude so that one that really uh that bothered me for sure yeah that that's a pretty low bar if you're if you're trying to <laughs> yeah, get kudos yeah. for that 
not exactly, you know, uh, a, doesn't don't have to be a saint to uh to pass that test there. Uh, and, and Harper is rightfully pissed at Ethan because she gave him countless opportunities the day before to explain or give more details because she knew there was something he wasn't telling her. And Ethan says it's because Cameron swore him to secrecy. And Harper says it sounds insane, but okay. Clearly either not convinced completely or she's still just pissed off about how it played out or a little bit of both. Um, And that comes out later on here. Um, So they're, they're getting breakfast and they see Cameron and Ethan see Lucia and Mia walk past and they do the most obvious. These are people we, we need to hide from tilt their head down. Ethan pulls his hat over his eyes. It's like, just like look away or fake a cough or go turn, turn this on and talk to your wife. It's like, you don't need to just blatantly look down and, and hide yourself. Yeah. And also um, th- those two had to have known that was coming. So the fact that they were kind of in a way surprised almost kind of like, like what you're saying to me, I'm like, what are these guys are so dumb. <laughs> it just was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Not, not their best showing, not their best showing for sure. And then we, then we hear that Cameron booked a car for them to go out day drinking at some wineries and he says wine tasting, but they're just, they're just straight up drinking. Yeah. It's like, uh, I mean, Harper, we, we kind of can, you know, um, sort of understand i think for sure uh how she's just slamming the wine but right right from the get-go with her she's uh talking to whoever the waiter was you know she's like a little bit more a bit more reminiscent of our favorite scene of course i was uh, from harry potter i I was i had subtitles on and i caught that i was like oh dirk needs (laughs) needs to bring that up yep yep we we love that scene from from prisoner of azkaban when when Marge is is getting getting tipsy at, at the Dursley, a bit more, a bit more. That's a boy. And yeah, that that's uh Harper was really channeling that energy, which I loved. And again, yeah, I can definitely um uh you know kind of appreciate why she was channeling that energy. But from from that, like from the start, it's like, all right, this is this is gonna get interesting. And I don't know about you, but from that point on, I was like, Harper, it might not be this episode, maybe it will be, but she's gonna just unleash at some point. And uh, she kind of had a little, some, some few comments here and there, but yeah, she's uh oh man, it's going to be some fireworks for sure. It certainly does feel like it's leading up to, to some sort of blow up. And we talk every week about the, about the death. And I don't know that Harper is going to be involved in that. Yeah. I don't think she but, does either, but there's got to be some sort of payoff to, to the, to the stuff below the surface here that she's going to explode on on Ethan or on Cameron or on some random staff member. Like, there's going to be something that happens, but yeah. it doesn't feel like she's going to, unless she like accidentally kills Ethan, but then I don't, like she they get in like a shouting match and she pushes him and he falls over the edge somewhere. But, mm. but I, I don't, that feels like, feels like a stretch right now. Cause even in season one, the death was an accident, but right. they, like we talked about early on, they built up that tension between um, Armand and and Shane. Mm-hmm. So it, even though the death was a surprise, the two characters that were involved weren't. And the fact that something happened between them wasn't a surprise. And I'm not getting that same kind of tension feeling with with anyone in this group yet. Or at least not, not, not Harper specifically, I guess. Yeah. And did you watch the um, preview for next week? I did. Did you see... Um... Harper, there's like a 
couple seconds of Harper and Ethan talking, and she's like, we haven't even addressed how we're not attracted to each other sexually. And I think like it's all it this may uh like just kind of going off of what you said with her, I think that this may be leading to, you know, she kind of gets the last laugh, but it's not about killing anyone, of course. It's like maybe she and Ethan kind of are separating at the end of this and she's like realizing who she is as a person, what she wants, all that kind of stuff. While every like Ethan and Cameron and Daphne, it's just like a fire happening with all of them. And she's gonna kind of get out of it because she seems like a good normal person in a way compared to the other three. And um, I'm just thinking that what you said that she, she won't be a part of the death. I don't think. Um, And I'm just wondering if she's going to kind of walk away from this as almost in a positive way. I'm wondering what they're going to do with Daphne and Cameron too. Cause I think Daphne she's, she's high key become one of my favorite characters. I think she's actually a really good character. She's getting way more than I thought she was going to from the beginning of the season. She went from like an aloof housewife to someone with a lot more depth and like is a lot smarter than we all, or at least than I thought for sure. Yes. I think she's got one of the more complex roles in the season that there's so much going on there, which we'll, which we'll get to um, in the, particularly with her and Harper's conversation later on that, I, I really like like Daphne, like in a way that I didn't yeah. expect to based off her her introduction in the first episode or two. Um, so yeah. that, that's been really fun to, to watch it happen. But remember at the end of season one and spoilers here for anyone who hasn't seen it, but you should have seen it by now. How mm-hmm. how Shane and Alexandra Daddario's character, can't remember her name, they yeah. stay together at yep. the end. Do you think I think most fans didn't like that because they thought she should have left it. Do you think that yeah. they're going to now flip that and whether it's Cameron or Har- I mean Daphne or Harper or both that they're yeah. going to then leave their husbands kind of as in the reverse of that. I do. I, th- I think that uh not sure which one, kind of what I was um alluding to in a way with Harper, like getting out of this unscathed, so to speak. I think that something like that is coming between these four. Um, And I think that it'll be, I think that the viewers are going to enjoy it. Kind of like what you're saying, especially if it's Daphne, she's become just really enjoyable overall, um, at least during this episode and, and the character um, compared to what we thought it was. So it's going to be fun to to see where this goes. Hundred percent. So then, then um, Harper starts to get keep things get things a little spicy. She just straight up asks Ethan and Cameron, basically if they're Eskimo brothers, if they've ever if there's ever been any any overlap. And Cameron says there wasn't a lot. You know, different dating pools. And and then Ethan finally fires back at Cameron after all the all the poking and prodding says that that Cameron would always just steal the girls he liked, that if he liked a girl, if he told Cameron he liked a girl, he would just swoop in and sleep with her with, within the week, he basically said. And and Ethan says that he has mimetic desire, which is basically, if someone with a higher status than you want something, it's more likely you will want it too. And Cameron says, oh, you didn't have higher status than me. And Ethan says, well, I was smarter than you. And maybe you thought that by sleeping with the girl that I wanted, it would make you feel smarter. And there's, so there, there's some tension there that's, that's where some tension's been building between these two. That if if like Ethan kills Cameron or Cameron kind of snaps on Ethan eventually for not investing, because there are definitely questions to be had about Cameron's financial situation. If he's actually rich, I think, or if he's yeah. in some serious trouble. So if if say say Ethan doesn't decide to invest and tells him on the vacation, does Cameron snap at him, tell him come a bad friend or whatever, gets into a fight and, and kills him that way? that I could see happening. Um, but there's definitely some, some pushback there. And 
there could be some more some more things to happen between those two. And then when they're walking to the next spot or whatever, Cameron does confront Ethan about um, telling Harper because Harper makes other comments um, about like doing Molly and kind of mm-hmm. gives him a look. And Ethan or Cameron, he he knows at that point that that Ethan has told her something. Maybe he doesn't know to what extent yet, but he knows that he he's told her something about the night before. So he confronts her and then he says, Ethan says that he found the condom wrapper that Cameron left there. So he had no choice. I was kind of surprised with how much of a dick Cameron is that he didn't yell at Ethan for like not trying to cover it up further at that point. Yeah, that was the first like scene, at least that I can remember with Cameron, where it's like he almost wasn't his normal, like, I'm better than everyone sort of vibe. Like he actually was like when Ethan said, you know, but you left a condom, you idiot, or whatever he says, Cameron's like, Oh shit, my bad, man. Or he said he like he said something like that. And it was like, okay, at least there was like two seconds of Cameron acting a little um normal, I guess. Yeah. Not trying to say, oh, we had a party, so it must have been somebody else or something. Right. So just yeah, yeah, yeah. some sort of BS awful sort of awful excuse. It. Yeah. But realizes that he really didn't have a choice because because he absolutely did not at that point. Um, so let me get to their dinner scene and Cameron asks Harper if she's ever had a threesome. She says she has, but I couldn't tell if she's being truthful or if she was just trying to kind of poke Ethan a little bit. I don't think it matters, actually, whether she's telling the truth or not. I do think either way, she just wanted to get a rise out of Ethan. Mm-hmm. And then this is where Cameron goes back to his absolute scumbag ways. He starts touching Harper's leg and all this. Which, by the way, is the second time this series or season touching Harper's leg. I think it was the same leg, I believe, too. Left leg underwater when he snuck up on her. And then he oh, raises yeah. the left leg. Yeah. I don't know what it means, but uh just another and, oh, and then you know, it seemed like Daphne was grazed by a leg um in the ocean at the start of the season. But either way, I just noticed that it was the second time that he's uh he's touched her leg like that. A little bit different this time, but still. Yep, that de- different um setup, obviously different situation, but it is interesting that because in the water he could he could have you know pinched her stomach or poked or something like something like that. Mm-hmm. But he does actually grab the leg. Look at you keeping mm-hmm. what a callback. That's a good callback. Um, and and Harper like she can't really react necessarily right. because you obviously don't want it to happen. I'm assuming at least, but she can't really call him out in the middle of a restaurant while, especially Daphne is right there. Or yeah. she doesn't want to, at least. Um, but something to keep an eye on into what happens there, if anything. I'm sure something will come up. They wouldn't have him do that if there's no continuing storyline there. Yeah. Um, and and Ethan is just in hell right now. He's he's just hating every second of this conversation. Yeah, this um, dude's like, I. Why do we go on this vacation? This is awful. Yes, he's he's really getting it. And he, I mean, he kind of deserves it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I don't true. think that's a, that's a hot take whatsoever. But he's. You do kind of feel bad for him. A little bit. Just a little bit. Um, and after dinner, this is this is one of my favorite scenes of the of the episode. And Harper and Daphne are alone. The guys are up against cigars. And Harper just says that she thinks something happened while they were in Noto. And Daphne says, Well, if something did happen, I'm sure it wasn't that big of a deal. But if anything did happen, just do what you need to do to feel better about, about it. And then this part, here's here's to hear your thoughts on what happens next. She says to Harper. That she has a trainer back home, Lawrence. She spends more time with him than Cameron, with how much time Cameron spends at work. He's so handsome. He's got these 
blonde hair, big blue eyes. He's such a cutie is an exact phrase. I think that's key. Um, so then, then she says she'll show her a picture of, of him and it ends up being just a picture of her two kids, one of whom has blonde hair and blue and blue eyes. And then so then she says um, to Harper, maybe you should just maybe you should get a trainer. What do 100% you 100 percent trainers kids, right? So I'm on that, board at least with that. That's what I thought at first. Yep. But I rewatched and I didn't rewatch the episode, but I, re- I rewatched this scene. Okay. I think because we don't know the kids' names, mm. I think she's I think she's referring to her kid as the trainer. Oh, okay. That she's basically telling Harper, like, this is what I did. This is this is my escape. This is what I do to keep myself happy. It's my uh, kids. Yeah. And because a, y- a young kid keeps you active, keeps you up, a trainer in another sense. And and when she said he's such a cutie, the like the way she said it too, definitely felt more like the way someone would describe their kid than someone they're, ha- they're, they're having an affair with. And she says he's really funny. Um, and, it, and, it, and it makes more sense that she would spend more time with him than with Cameron because it'd be her, her kid that more time with a trainer, even if it is an actual trainer plus uh, what's the male form of mistress, whatever that is, even if it's that too, it'd be hard to spend not, more yeah. time with that person. So right now I'm leaning towards the, the accidental picture was what she meant. Cause the way, the way she reacted, Harper says, this is just your kid. She goes, Oh, whoopsie. We'll find it later. And it's kind of brushes it off, but in a very nonchalant way. That's, that's yeah, what I'm I running know. with right now. Oh, I like that. I, I did not think about that at all. I stuck with my initial thoughts of, so the trainer at the very least, one of these kids is the trainers. Um, so I'm going to stick with that just cause I was adamant on it when, when it happened. And one other thing though, that I remembered, um, was at one point, I think it was earlier in the season, Daphne said something, um, to Cameron, they're like, you know, like, don't ever leave me, blah, blah, whatever. It was like during one of those scenes when they're talking to each other. And she said something like, I could cut off or like, I could chop off your balls if I wanted to. And I wondered if she was referring to, um, like if I wanted to, to like ruin your life, I could be like, Hey, by the way, your firstborn son isn't yours. It's my trainers. You know what I mean? And, um, so, so just wanted to throw that out there and I'm going to just, I'm going to stick with, uh, that theory that it is her train one, at least one of her kids is her trainers and not Cameron's, but I actually really do like what you said too, because I think that's a great way to look at it. I I honestly think it could be both also Mm, fair. Yeah. But I, I think if I have to pick one, I'm going to stick. I think either one is very plausible, but I, I'm going to stick with mine one so one of us can hopefully be right and the other can be wrong yeah some and then you wonder... right there but it also it adds a lot it adds a di- another layer to her character too yeah that totally. she's not that she wouldn't just be some bored housewife who was underappreciated who cheats on her husband yeah that she doesn't feel loved by her husband but she finds joy and just a pure unfiltered love with her kids and that's what kind of gets her through the day in this kind of blah mm. marriage and I, I would I would like that more for a character. So that's where I'm gonna stick with it. But I do think either one is very plausible. Yeah, you know, definitely. And um in general, her the actress, uh Megan uh shoot what's her last name? Faye, thank you. 
um, she was awesome in that scene. Like her facial expressions, how she kind of is transformed into the, into what she is now. Um, and I thought, especially during that that specific scene, she was great. So I just wanted to shout that out. Yep, she was she was fantastic. She she and Aubrey Plaza, who yeah, plays yeah. plays Harper, are both incredible. Like in a season filled with awesome performances, those two and and Lucia and and Mia, those mm-hmm. those four specifically, I think, are just like clearly for me the four like the top of the top. But I mean, there's no one bad this season in terms of performances. But I think yep. they've separated themselves. Those four. Yeah, I agree. It's been really fun um, to watch all of them, and I just I really liked these. The uh, last episode in the house, I think that was last episode, maybe t- two episodes ago. Um, and then this this scene, those two together have been wonderful. Yeah, they've been they've been terrific. All right, moving on to Bert and Dom and LB and a little bit of Lucia. Get the opening scene of LB and Lucia. My man. Yeah, that. Uh, I I really hate to say it because I was convinced last week that. I was like, I think Lucia might like him. Like, I think she might be like switching in a way or like the character vibes of like, man, she's seen what, what's going on and everything. And she's like, I just want to get out of this situation that I'm in, you know, if it, whether that's getting to LA with LV, whatever it is. Like, I thought, I thought that's where we were going. And now I, I kind of feel like LV in a way, because, you know, right after uh, the opening scene, right after they conclude their, you know, their, their evening and, um, you know, they wake up in the morning. LB is completely shocked to learn that uh, Lucia doesn't just like him. She, uh, as she said, um, you know, is a professional. After he goes in for maybe the most awkward hug I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. Life. Yeah. I didn't Porky. think I could cringe any harder than I did last week for him, for LB. And here we and are. It, we're just cringing once again. And it won't be the last time this episode. There's, there's one yeah. quote that was just like, oh, my my goodness yep so 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 she goes to leave and then she's asked if he has has her money it's two thousand for overnights and like just poor kid however what a scam by her yeah for like a professional like she's not she's not really acting like a professional here she's like rendering her services without collecting the money first or even like saying anything to to that that's the thing yeah, There's not say I don't know I don't know the ins and outs of professional yeah, escort business exactly. Um, but I would be furious. I'd be, I I would not like I'll be I'd be like I don't want to pay because mm. I would not have done that then. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I I don't I don't know the like the the ins and outs, the rules, whatever. <laughs> the etiquette. The etiquette. Yeah, thank you. I don't know that at all. Um, but I would imagine that you would it would be a known agreement of, yeah before anything were to happen you would have a little discussion i guess if it wasn't clear to begin with like i, I mean i don't know but either way it's like yeah LB that, that being said completely duped that being said i do know someone who <laughs> accidentally unknowingly picked up a male escort one night he offered a guy a ride home because i don't in, in like in his in his uber because there was a guy who was like walking out in the winter just like freezing and goes do you want to just share an uber and so then they did mm-hmm. went back to his place and then he went to go like go change and he came out and the guy was just naked in his living room and then he well, he, he finally put the guy, he's like oh okay yeah you need to leave geez that's the very abridged version of the story but <laughs> so i guess it's not out of the question but but still 
You poor, feel bad for LB. I mean, I poor LB is, is yeah, the point like, here. This guy cannot catch a break. <laughs> yep. And then so she tells him that it's okay. She had fun. And there, there's a man who will ask him for his money, and he's crazy. Who we actually end up meeting um, later on. And so LB, LB says he'll, he'll get the money. Um, then he, he asks Dom, says he needs to go to the bank. Dom offers him 200 euros. But LB says he needs more than that, but won't say what's for. I'm sure Dom knows. He saw him with Uchiha the night before. He may be an idiot, but he's not stupid. Um, so he knows he knows what's going on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Um, and then he sees Lucia and Mia walk past. They kind of give him a look or give they give Elby a look. Then he knows for sure at that point if he didn't before. Um, and then then Dom's Dom goes to Lucia, ask her if she's still charging stuff to his room. He said this fine, you know, some food and whatnot, but maybe in exchange, you can stay away from Elby. And then the employers not to say anything about their time together to Elby. And Lucia's kind of gotten by the balls if she wants to. If if she's looking for she's extra got the whole money family. or something. Not Bert though. Bert's just hanging out, just window shopping. Yeah, but she's got the uh she's got the majority of what she needs from that family, just like right around her finger. It's a yeah, and and to be fair. I would probably fall for whatever she's she's selling to. <laughs> like, let's yeah. be honest. Um, then when they're at at lunch, LB LB says Lucia at the pool tells Dom and Bert he wants to eat lunch with her, and Dom says he doesn't like like him spending time with Mia and Lucia, and then Bert just says because they're escorts, just just put out there, no filter on my guy. And then LB, this was the other part. He comes to their defense, good guy, and then says this: they probably don't even want to be escorts. They're just poor and victims of a fucked up system. Dude, maybe, maybe they genuinely like it. Who who knows? You have, you have. It's just Albie is is that guy. Yeah, he's he's incredibly nice and and innocent in a way, and you just you can't help but feel for him because it's like exactly what you said, Ambon. It's like, dude, you might be right, and that's amazing that you think that way, and and that 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 is what it is. It's great, but at the end of the day, you don't know, and. They are escorts, so they're going to need or want your money, one or the other, at the end of the day. And it's better to maybe just stay away from that. But right when he said that, you're like, I don't know about you, but I'm sitting there thinking like, oh, Elvi is screwed. He's getting, he's going to be getting just played left and right by Lucia the rest of the show. Yes, yes. Um, trying to think of where I think I mixed up some of the notes on Lucia and Mia and and Elvi. So then, yeah, so when they're at the pool, Albi and Lucia, Lucia, um, Albi tells Lucia he's going to get the money or that he has the money. And then right. she asked him if he liked last night, which he did, obviously. And she says she did, too. And basically says that tonight he he she won't need to he, or he won't need to pay because she likes him. Remember that, because I have some thoughts on where all this is going when we get to the nighttime activities in a little bit there's a lot going on at the nighttime stuff oh boy yeah 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 there sure is um so at let's see they get to dinner and man the the dom and bert storyline just it's just kind of a nothing for me yeah because we get we get dom talking to talking to bert he sees lb and lucia kissing bert tells him he shouldn't be surprised as dom Normalize it for him. Dom blames Bert for the way he is, and then I, I did think that that Dom um, talking to Bert about that was a, like a little emotional scene in a way of for for Dom. I mean, like 
it seemed like for once and for the first time, maybe like starting to open up about this to his dad. Um, and of course, I don't know if that's true or not, but I did. I was thinking a little bit like, okay, that was a little, I think, needed um, for Dom's character because for, for me, like when we saw him walking on the beach afterwards, it's like, hey, at least he maybe let out some of his truth um, from his past to his dad. And again, maybe make a step in the right direction here. Like he's kind of watching married couples on the beach. And and I don't know. I think that it was a little bit more of a, like you, you see where Dom has been maybe not saying anything he's done is okay, but you see right. a little bit more from him. Yeah. I think it was a good scene. I just think there's been so little time yeah, put into I, yeah. that perfect character up to up to now that it felt unearned, I guess, to a point. Sure. And, and, and there's still, Two episodes left, but I feel like it'd be kind of a big turn to all of a sudden focus on him more yeah. so when there's all this other interesting th- stuff happening with all the other characters. I think, it, like, we'll see. It, he needs to have like a heroic moment of of some sort to really like have that like shift of of for his character. I mean, or sure. to, to begin that shift, I guess. Sure. Um. So, for the LB and the chief dinner part, um, they. Lucia sees Cameron as they head into dinner and she gives him a look and then he kind of takes her aside and she asks where her, where her money is, 1300 euros. And Cameron says, he'll get it. It's nothing. That's how he puts it. He's and broke. So that, that's the thing. Broke like, boy for sure. Cause if he had the money, the easiest thing Just pay her. <laughs> to get the hooker off your back. So she doesn't bother you anymore is to pay her, her money. Yeah. Like, I like what it made me mad was when Cameron said something like, I definitely can't be seen talking to you. And it, in my mind, I'm like, dude, you and like your Lucia and you, your wires, they're not getting crossed here. She just wants her money and you should just pay her your money if you had the money, because then like your relationship would be done. I, I think it'd be fine. And it's like, he doesn't have the money because why wouldn't you just pay her? Exactly. Unless he's nuts. just that much of a scumbag where he's trying to get out of. That'd be crazy. Yeah. But if he's as rich as he says he is, 1300 euros is is nothing yep it's it all gotta call back for it remember in the first episode i think it was uh when daphne is like yeah sometimes i wake up and i just spent all the money and cameron's like yeah like all the money like maybe they i was like yeah like we're broke maybe that's maybe maybe that's this trip and so he needs ethan to invest so he doesn't go bankrupt because he's like right on the verge exactly i i think there's Definitely something there with with the financial situation with him mm-hmm. that even if you have a medium, a mild amount of intelligence, you just pay her and then you're done with her. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, that part doesn't make any sense to me unless he is broke. If he's not broke, then he's just an absolute moron. Yeah. <laughs> and then Lucia tells LB that Cameron owes her money and that Alessio has been asking about it, threatening her. More on that to come later. Some thoughts on that. So then... Well, might as well jump into that. Lucia and Albie are out of the town. We meet Alessio, or we see him, and Lucia goes to talk to goes to talk to him. We don't hear what they're saying, but he's clearly threatening her. He grabs her arm. This all seemed rather convenient. Yeah, I'm not exactly convinced that that's really uh, her her pimp, so to speak. I I would not be surprised if if he isn't, and because yeah. what's come up twice with Lucia, but once with Dom, once with Albie. She wants to go to Los Angeles. Yep. If she, and now that she knows Elby's this nice guy, he'll kind of stick his neck out for her. Maybe he'll just offer to 
pay for her to go to LA or he'll bring her with him and then she'll just kind of ditch him. There's something there or she's or she just wants more money out of him so she can open her store or leave leave Sicily or whatever it is. And that Alessio is just a friend or maybe he is her pimp, but he's just but there's actually no contentious relationship there. Like I I wouldn't be surprised in the least if this was a setup on her part. Or I really think uh it's going that path. Because all, all of a sudden there she's mentioning him a couple times and then this happened to run into him when they're when they're walking out, you know, on the town. It just it just seemed it seemed all to fit together a little too neatly. Yep. Yep. Couldn't agree more. And of course, Albie's not going to pick up on that, just being the young, naive guy he is. Not a chance, and, yeah. And if there's one thing she can do, it's read people and manipulate people. And so she probably knew as soon as she met Albie what she had, if she's going that way, which I'm, at this point, I'm leaning that way. Yeah, I think it's good goal. Like, she's Albie's going to get in so deep that Dom's going to have to rescue him in some way. Because it it... She's going to just work this guy, it, it, it seems like, at least as of now. Yes. Yeah, I'm definitely, definitely feeling that as well. Um, so what's Mia been up to? She she finds Valentina and asks about playing in place of Giuseppe again. And Valentina does confirm that Giuseppe is alive and will be back to work in a few days. And so I think we might see him again. Although, let's see. Yeah. He stays a week. So five sets Thursday to so Friday, Saturday. Yeah, I was doing the math too. I, th- I think we'll see him. I thought, although I thought she said he'll be back by Tuesday. Maybe I'm just. Oh, I thought it was Thursday. Up. I thought I thought it said she'll be back. I think by I think there. I think this day of the week is Thursday. If each day, oh. each, if each episode is one day, that would that be Thursday because there's only well, two what episodes if left. It's, wait. Oh yeah. Hmm. I guess do we know what day they arrived? <laughs> Oh, I just assumed it could it was, be like a. I assumed it was a like Sunday Saturday, through Saturday thing, to, but yeah, it'd be Saturday to. What would that be? Friday. Yep. And then that would, that oh, that might be right. If it was Saturday Thursday to Friday, would be tomorrow. Then it would, or, then it would or be not tomorrow. Some, this this week, this week's yeah. episode would be Thursday. But either way, I think there's a good chance we see see him again, and he'll probably confront Mia about. Yeah, he's coming back. The, for sure. the non Viagra Viagra she gave him. He's coming back. Just yeah. The, just such such an error on her part, just so unforced. She gave him like two or three, too, right? <laughs> in, in ridiculous. Um, but Valentina says no. Um, then v- later on at night, Mia asks Valentina again about playing the piano, and then va- then Mia kind of takes a stab and says to Valentina, "You're gay, right?" Which I, with the way Valentina was acting specifically towards Isabella, which maybe we'll jump there next. Um. That that was kind of the feeling I was getting, that it wasn't just some lonely person trying to be friends with someone or looking yeah, out for her at work. That there was maybe something, some more feelings that way. For sure, yeah. And then Mia um, says, "Give me this job, and I promise you, and I can have some fun." So she is kind of doing exactly what she said she didn't, she didn't want to do with Giuseppe, and is kind of using right. that to now get what she wants from Valentina. And then Valentina says Mia can sing tonight and tomorrow, but there's no there's no explicit. I will like this is this is a a quid pro quo agreement right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not. We'll see where that where that where that leads, if anywhere, because I guess it was implied. But yeah, but we'll see if that happens. 
Um, yeah. Another shout out that Valentina, the actress, that was a great, like, she's just showing her, her, like her facial expressions was all, was amazing in that. I thought like, you can tell she, it kind of is like, she wants to maybe be her true self, you know, and be with a woman and that kind of stuff. And, and when Mia offered that in a way, or kind of like, at least was like noticing maybe that that's what she's like as a person. I thought that that was, that was pretty, uh, that's a good scene from, from her. Um, and I do think that you're right that down the line here, Valentina probably is going to want, you know, that, that to happen and we'll see if Mia reciprocates or, or what, where it goes, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so finishing with the staff, uh, again, just, just a little, 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 just a few minutes again, um, Rocco and Isabella are talking again, but this time they stop and step away when they see Valentina approach rather than letting her yell at, yell at Rocco. Valentina tells Rocco she's reassigning him, moving from the front desk in the beach club um, where he can talk and flirt to his heart's content, better fit for his personality is what she says. But she obviously just wants to get him away from Isabella. Yeah. And this came before the Mia scene. And so when you put them both together, it does seem like she was maybe jealous of how they were yeah, interacting or, or how close they, they were maybe. And there was some, definitely some more selfish personal reasons for moving Rocco versus just actually thinking he's bad at his job or that he's making Isabella uncomfortable, which when she says that you can clearly tell by Isabella's face that that's just not true. Yeah. Yeah. That, that I felt bad for Isabella and I was annoyed with Valentina because I'm like, Oh man, that, couldn't have been more obvious what was going on. Yes. Um, but I mean, maybe like this Mia situation, if that works out, maybe she'll, you know, come to her senses with Rocco and boom back. I don't know. We'll see. We will see. All right. That'll move us on to the last portion of the episode, Tanya and Portia. And there's, this was maybe my favorite Tanya episode yet. Oh yeah, definitely. What, what I love about what they're doing with her is season one, Tanya was just, over the top, outrageous, absurd, like Jennifer Coolidge is doing her Jennifer Coolidge thing. And this season started with that, but they're really making her into more of a, a fully rounded character. And she has some really good moments this episode, I thought. Um, but we yeah, start, I really enjoyed a lot, of, a lot of her moments. But we start with Portia waking up with Naked Jack next to her, getting a call from Tanya, um, telling her about the trip to Quentin's uh, villa. And but first they're at breakfast and Tanya tells Portia she's considering getting her marriage annulled. Something to keep in mind. Last mention, I think, of um, Greg uh, this episode. But he's supposed to be coming back in. I, you know, I, going back to the days, I think he said he'll be back Thursday. So I think either. Oh, he'll, he did. He so I think. did. I'm assuming whatever that. I would assume that puts him in line to come back next week just because I feel like they want two episodes with him and leave it on a Friday, yeah. but we'll see. But he, either way, he's due back soon because there's only two episodes left. So he'll, he'll be there. So very curious to see what happens. Gotta, do you want to get into his theory right now or should we wait till later? The Greg theory? Do you have a Greg theory? I don't have a Greg theory. Do you? I have a Greg you, theory. You have a new Greg theory? 100 percent new Greg oh well, let's hear it now because um, I, I don't know how we, how we could say okay that. no i'm i'm sorry actually we let's talk about it let's talk about it a little later because I, I think we need some context on we do need some context on these other characters okay um, first 
because I, I have some Sorry, Tanya theories, yeah, I have some Quentin and Jack theories, um, but nothing on Greg. I'm oh, very excited I for cannot that. wait to get to get ooh, through all ooh, this. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Um, so before they're leaving, Portia <laughs> runs into Elby, and just another just absolute cringe <laughs> moment. Um, she she apologized for not hanging out with Elby the night before. Very awkward goodbye super awkward and, and have a nice life like what kind of yeah. what kind of line is that because you can't say that without coming off as just like sarcastic at best dude that was unbelievable and like the way it's just like well you know he puts his arms up like kind of gives an awkward like all right it was just it so, was just have so a nice awkward. life have a nice rest of your trip you know make, say that that's simple enough have a nice life. Just, yeah. just absolute nonsense. Um, so they get on. Um, just, do we? They're they're totally gonna get like we're gonna see those two together before the end of the show. Portia and Elby. I think I think at some point they're rekindling. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not saying I hope it happens, but I, at this I point I hope not. Rekindle. But I wouldn't be surprised depending on where where things actually it sort of goes into my greg theory so you'll you'll understand oh my goodness i cannot wait for this look at you just (laughs) like i love it that's a few uh that's a few layers of the onion peeled back there but you could uh lightly connect it oh i love this um so they travel on an absolutely sick yacht uh, on their way to palermo um but the question is are any yachts not sick or are they just by definition (laughs) yeah yeah and like so you know when um Portia and, and Jack like go downstairs, which which I know we'll get into. For whatever reason, I'm thinking like, oh, like it's an it's the underneath of like a speedboat. If you've ever been on something like that, yeah, like that's just what I was picturing in my head. But then we see the downstairs, and it's that's not at all what it looks like. <laughs> and I'm like, if I had the same thought as you, is like yachts are so sick. Like what the heck? This is crazy. Have you ever been on a yacht in any sort of situation somehow? Not a, nothing at all like that look like that. No. What about you? No, I want to just, 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 it'd be such a weird experience to be on, be on something that's like, oh, this is, this person who owns this is like stupid rich. Yeah. Yeah. And just I mean, have yeah, that, just go on it like one time would, would be sweet, but I'm, I'm good at renting a pontoon like Minnetonka. That's, yeah, 100%. That's, that's, yeah. That's good enough for me. That's the best. Um, yeah, so like you said, Jack and Portia go downstairs and they basically just start having sex the entire time on the drive on the ride out there. And and Tanya, when Portia comes back up, she says, Oh, we're looking for you. And, and she just says, Oh, Jack was showing me the the yacht. She goes, This whole time you were having sex, weren't you? I'm jealous. That's such an improvement from her. That's such an that improvement was, of a reaction. That's an awesome her. scene. Maybe my favorite scene from her. That was awesome. Uh, I I need to back up quick though. I'm gonna tease something again. Love it. Uh did you hear the Jack's uncle. Uh, what's his name again? Quentin. Quentin, thank you. Quentin uh, said when they went downstairs to Tanya, something along the lines of, oh, I bet he's just excited to have someone his age to play with. Mm-hmm. Mm. It That does take on new meaning given what Takes we found out new at, the, at the end of the episode. But it yep. also makes perfect sense before that context because, yeah, there's this 20 some year old kid who's just with a bunch of 50 and 60 year old guys. Very interesting. So it makes sense in both in both senses. That's I didn't connect that though. That's a good call. Um, so they get to the the villa 
and and Tanya and Porsche are kind of walking around and they're taking in how awesome the place is. And Tanya says, you know, it's a good feeling when you realize someone has money because then you don't have to worry about someone wanting yours, which is kind of sad that she thinks that way. But it makes sense if you if you've been super wealthy your entire life, it's something you kind of have to worry about. Mm-hmm. But remember that quote, people. Exactly. Um, my question is, does she have to worry about these guys? 100%, my friend. Because I was getting some very weird off vibes from Quentin oh, and his crew was, this, yeah. this week. Yep. Yep. Especially, especially, vibes, that's for sure. especially at the, at the opera, there was one, one part in particular that was like, Oh, maybe they don't like her as much as they said, they said they do. Um, but jumping ahead a little yeah. bit. So they're, they're getting into the, into the house and Quentin talks about how he had compared her to a tragic heroine in a Puccini opera. And now Dirk, you're the opera guy. So why don't you tell us who Puccini was? Hmm? <laughs> um, so obviously Puccini. we don't know anything about we don't know anything about Puccini. Yeah, or no opera. clue. <laughs> um, so Puccini, he he was an Italian opera make writer. Like I don't know what the what the form is. He 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 created operas. That's a, composer? you know he, composer. Sure, they know you know what we're saying. Maybe. Um, so I did look up some info on on Giacomo Puccini. He he developed what they call the verismo style, and it basically focused on the average contemporary man and woman and their problems, generally of a sexual, romantic, or violent nature. Very fitting to this season, like to a T. And more yeah. interestingly, the heroine often dies in the in his operas, including mm. Madame Butterfly, which is the opera mm. that Quentin tells Tanya they're taking her to that evening. So, we're going to get a quick Wikipedia rundown of Madame Butterfly. I don't know if I should read the whole thing. It's like one page. In 1904, a U.S. naval officer named Pinkerton rents a house on a hill in Nagasaki, Japan, for his for himself and his soon-to-be wife, nicknamed Butterfly. House on a hill. They're on a secluded villa. A little one-to-one there. Or almost one-to-one. She's yeah. a fifth... 15-year-old Japanese girl for whom he is marrying for convenience. He intends to leave her once he finds a proper American wife since Japanese divorce laws are very lax. The wedding is to take place at the house. Butterfly has been excited to marry an American, that she, so excited that she had earlier secretly converted to Christianity. After the ceremony, her uninvited uncle, um, who is a Bonzi, I think it's called, he's um, an ordained male in, in, the Buddhist, in the Buddhist faith, so not Christianity is the main point. Um, he finds out about her, her, her conversion and curses her and orders all the guests to leave while they do while renouncing her. That's act one. Act two. Three years later, Butterfly is still waiting for Pickerton to return as he had left shortly after their wedding. Her maid Suzuki keeps trying to convince her that he's not coming back, but she won't listen. Goro, the marriage broker who arranged their marriage, keeps trying to marry her off again, but she doesn't. Doesn't listen to him either. The American consul named Sharpless comes to the house with a letter which he received from Pinkerton, which asks him to break some news to Butterfly. That Pinkerton is coming back to Japan, but Sharpless cannot bring himself to finish finish the letter because Butterfly becomes very excited to hear that Pinkerton is, is coming back. Sharpless asks Butterfly what she would do if Pinkerton were not to return. She then reveals that she gave birth to Pinkerton's son after he had left 
and asked Sharpless to tell him. From the Hill House, Butterfly sees Pinkerton's ships arriving in the harbor. She and Suzuki prepare for his arrival, and then they wait. Suzuki and the child fall asleep. Butterfly stays up all night waiting for him to arrive. Act three. Almost done, I promise. Suzuki wakes up in the morning, and Butterfly finally falls asleep. Sharpless and Pinkerton arrive at the house, along with Pinkerton's new American wife, Kate. They have come because Kate has agreed to raise the child, but as Pinkerton sees how Butterfly had decorated the house for his return, he realizes he's made a huge mistake. He admits that he's a coward and cannot face her, leaving Suzuki, Sharpless, and Kate to break the news to Butterfly, agreeing to give up her child if Pinkerton comes himself to see her. She then prays to statues of her ancestral gods, says goodbye to her son, and blindfolds him. She places a small American flag in his hands and goes behind a screen, killing herself with her father's seppuku knife. Pinkerton rushes in, but he's too late. Butterfly dies. So, sorry on spoilers on a massively old opera, but obviously it's not going to be a complete one-to-one. But with the husband leaving to come back, there's some allusions to Greg there, potentially. I don't think Tanya's going to kill herself, but I do think it leaves the door open that Tanya is either one of or the death on the season. Yep, yep. Because um, if you talk about her maid, I mean, Portia could be a fill-in for her maid. And the the broker or the American consul, you could kind of make Quentin and, and those guys be the fill-in for those characters too. So there's you can definitely kind of line these two up, Tanya's story and this play, to kind of mirror what's happening in, in Tanya's vacation right now yeah definitely i have some more thoughts on that but i'll get into that in a few minutes on the opera or on tanya in general tanya more more on the tanya side have you ever been to an opera i've not you i want to say we went to one like in school like a field trip but it might have just been a regular play yeah i can't remember yeah blanking I don't think I would ever ever go though. I think if it's like a, in a situation like that, like some old gorgeous theater, then like, I, I could see myself doing it. But it's it's kind of like me and and hiking. Like I won't go on a trip specifically to hike, but if hiking is one of the things we're doing, sure. Like I wouldn't go to Italy to go to the opera, but if I went to Italy and someone said, "Hey, one of the nights we're going to the opera," I'm like sure, why not? Yeah. That's what that's what I kind of need it for. Um, so they go to the opera, which Jack and Portia are skipping, and this is the part where I really start to get some bad vibe from from Quentin. Portia just sees some random rich 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 woman, and asks Quentin if she's the Queen of Sicily. Which, sure, and Quentin says yes, and he kind of gives this smirk, kind of looks over at his friend, and they kind of smirk together, and that's when I was like, do they actually like Tanya? Or is there some, something a little more devious happening here? Yeah, there's more to it for sure. There has to be. Yeah. Because in, in the last episode where they were first introduced, it did seem like they genuinely did like her and they were just taken with her and she was just there for a week on vacation. Let's make a new friend for a few days. But there there's something more going on. Um. So then cutting quick to Jack and Portia, they're... They're out in Palermo on the town. And Jack tells Portia things don't really get going until around 2 a.m., which just sounds brutal. Absolutely brutal. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, I think brutal is probably the best way to put it. Yeah. 
even in even in our heyday in, in college, starting at 2 a.m., I, I don't know if I could do that. Just thinking about that, it's like, what? <laughs> like, by, it's a little too early? Wait, by, two, by 2 a.m., I've either fallen asleep by mistake on my couch and need to go to bed, yeah. or I'm in bed. Even, like, on a late night, maybe I get to three or four. Yeah. But maybe. that is, like, I know that is uh, different in over in in um europe for sure like i was in barcelona and it was the same way and and like on that's what you do on saturday nights and then sunday like people sleep in you know it's kind of a lazy because isn't it in a lot of european countries like sundays everything's just closed just like completely Mm, yeah Yeah, and and then i know like also in barcelona like you're eating dinner super super late like 10 p.m 11 p.m or whatever whatever it is around then yeah, it so is like your obviously just, just the culture. And if I was there, I'd give it a shot. But it just sounds, yeah, for like a normal it's, night. It what, sounds what I'm rough doing on the weekends. Typically, like that, <laughs> that'd be hard. Yeah, yeah. It just sounds rough. Um, so they they go to get dinner, um, to get the best rice balls in the world. Which can the best rice ball really be mm-hmm. all that good? Uh, I was interested in it. I, I feel like there's admit. there's a there's there's a pretty low definite ceiling for rice balls. <laughs> Well, I don't know, man. It's not like kind of tasty. I mean, I'm not. I'm. I'm sure they're not bad, but like, it's rice. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, you never like, had one though, have you? Not in Palermo. You got me there. Maybe. Th- I mean, there's got to be more to them. I bet. Like seasoning or dipping sauce. There's got to be like that. more. But yeah, like in these rice balls. I guess we should look that up. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> let's 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 just keep speculating ignorantly. I think that's the that's the American way. <laughs> yeah, that's the better way to go about it. Oh, dude, these look amazing. <laughs> Wait, actually? Yeah. Did you Google Palermo like, rice ball? Yep. They're like, it looks like a, yeah, like deep fried with stuff in the middle. It's a simple, oh. oh, my goodness. Man, deep okay. fried, I'm probably butchering this, to be honest, because I'm not. Oh, orange. That that, that's what he called them. Yeah. Deep fried rice. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Oh, baby. These look great. Okay. I take back everything I said. <laughs> when when he said rice ball, I, I was, was picturing like a thing of white rice. Just like, yeah. Just like <laughs> white rice. She's like, how can that be that good? But I, I mean, that's on me. That's me and my uncultured self. I should have known there's more to it. But I, I hear the word rice ball. I'm gonna think of a literal ball of rice. Yeah, in Holland they have these things like bitter ballons, and they're similar. Um, and they're amazing. And so that's like uh, that's funny. And but the white, I mean, I get it. It's like a just a ball of white rice doesn't sound too. too and, and they never show them eating them. They show them going there, and they show them finishing. We never got to see the actual food. Yeah, that is actually a good point. That's a very but, good point. But the main the main point here is what happens next, where Jack gets Porsche to Dine and Dash because Jack, quote unquote, forgot his wallet. And instead of having Porsche pay because she's a lady, they just stole. Another question about money. Yep. Yep. I, should we get into uh, an hour or should we, should we still wait? I need to, like, we need to wait. I'm realizing now that we need to wait till the ending like okay. scene because I, right. I have a point to that too okay or a fair point, a fair point with this theory fair enough um let me cut back to the opera tanya is clearly very moved i don't think she knows what's happening i don't think yeah, she, she understands no italian clue. but no she can clue. tell the emotion behind it and she's she's feeling some type of way about it which good for yeah. her because she's going yeah. through a lot right now and then back at the house quentin tells tanya about the one time he fell in love with some american cowboy um who i think he was saying the guy was straight I think is yep. I think he said like he liked women. I think is what he said, but not into him in any event. And he says I would have done anything for, anything for him, 
And the amazing thing is, after 30 odd years, I still would. And he says, but love has never remember been that quote, folks. <laughs> love has never been his Achilles heel. It's been beauty. He lives for beauty. He would die for beauty. My question, would he kill for beauty? There's no so much to unpack, my friend. Okay. We're almost there. We're almost there. So Jack and Portia come in, and before going to bed, Jack says for Portia to go into the room, he has to do something for his uncle first. Tanya wakes up in the middle of the night, hears some noises, wanders through the house. What does he find? But Jack and his supposed uncle Quentin having sex. And that's the episode. What do you ends. think about that? I was more surprised than I probably should have been. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot to talk about, um, or there could be a lot to talk about one. I'm hoping they're not actually uncle and nephew who knows, who knows, but I, I just don't think Mike White's going the incest route here. So the question then I'm just going to put that off the table, that that's just a cover. The question is, are they actually lovers? Is Jack also an escort? You know, what's the exact nature of their of their relationship yeah. and whatever extent, extent it may be? Um, are I think the big thing for me though is with Jack and Quentin and anyone else, what's their deal? Are they are they just con men? Do they are they after Tanya's money? Do they have money of their own? Do they just kind of maybe like con men do? They have connections or access to people with wealth don't have any real wealth of their own and Tanya's like their mark there's 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 a lot that could happen here with with these last episodes with these with this group all right am i getting into my greg theory 100 hit us all right so i'm thinking that um greg was the cowboy that quentin fell in love with all those years ago and the quote of 30 years ago blah, 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 like you said and then he says that line of, and it's crazy like wh- that I would still do this for him now or whatever it was, you know, I think that Greg has, and Quentin have, devi- have devised a, ske- a scheme, um, get rid of Tanya. Sim- and that's what Greg, or I mean, Quentin now was saying about like, would, would he kill for, for beauty? So I think that's a connection. Um, and I think Qu- Greg and Quentin are essentially like, I know there's like the prenup or whatever. Like that was said at one point, but I think they're going to somehow, like they're somehow trying to devise this plan um, to kill Tanya, get the money, and then they'll split it. It'll be a bunch of, a bunch of um, rich dudes, I guess now. And then that leads me into Jack. And I think that Jack was, or is just like a hired, you know, like sex worker for the guys. And um, like when he said that to Portia, like I had to do something for my uncle. It's like, oh yeah, this is not, this is going that route. Um, but I think he was like a hired sex worker um, for the guys. And then when Portia showed up with Tanya, they were like, all right, you entertain her. And that's why he said to Tanya, Quentin said to Tanya, like, oh yeah, someone his age to, to play around with finally. Cause he's been hired with the, for these gay guys, you know, for a while. And um, so I think they're like, okay, you just like go and distract Portia while we like finish the scheme with Tanya and Greg is going to show up as part of this scheme. I love that. Yes, I was hoping that you would enjoy. I love that. That, oh man, oh man, that. (laughs) Like the second that's really good. 
when the guy was saying like to Tanya, Quentin was saying to Tanya about the cowboy, I was like, I just blurted out. I was like, what if Greg was the cowboy? And then he said, you know, like, um, he passed away. But I was like, thinking about it afterwards, I was like, I think that might be made up. And but if it is Greg, and then I started, you know, thinking about it. And then I was like looking it up, you know, afterwards too. I'm like, yeah, this other people were starting to say like similar things. And I'm like, I think this might be something. Because Greg, his job, he's like a landman, I think is what it was. So yeah, it's cowboy adjacent. Yep. Because I'm picturing when 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 Tiny said landman, I'm, I'm picturing Montana, Wyoming, Idaho. Yeah, I think he's going to Colorado, right? But Colorado, those are all that within area. Reach. Um, you know, there's like a lot of things like that in the mountains of Colorado. So yeah, man. Oh, and dude, rich people. I mean, uh, Aspen's in Colorado. You know, Vale, things like that. Man, that I didn't think even think that deep into it actually. So that was that's a great connection too. But I was thinking I, like on the surface, like that could be what's going on with this. I oh, and then sorry, that I also leads that. me back. I think like Portia at some point in because it seems like Tanya's sort of you know she's putting it together a little bit in the leading up to the next episode or the preview for the next episode. She says to Portia. You know, like you got to be careful with this Jack guy. Take it slow. So I think like maybe something will happen with that. Will Porsche come back? Well, that's we'll, probably we'll because of what she we'll saw. Some, I don't know. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think Tanya's like slowly, like you said, we're, she's they're developing her a little bit more. So she's starting to kind of put things together, I think. And I wondered, I wonder if that will continue or if she's going to turn into somebody that just is like, oh, I don't know, whatever. I think she's going to put some stuff together. It's going to be really interesting. I cannot wait. Oh, man, this... Because oh, and because she said um, like you said this, you reminded me of this. I wasn't thinking about this part, but Tanya said at one point like I'm thinking of getting my marriage annulled. So what if she like does that? Like I don't know. There's so much to it that could happen. It's like because then their plan will be all messed up. <laughs> but don't you need both parties to actually annul a marriage? Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good point. Oh, and then one last thing was so the body that daft that brushes up on Daphne, right? Is in the middle of the water. And um, these people are on a boat. So in my mind, it's easier that this body is just in the middle of the water or it makes more sense that this body would be in the middle of the water if it was like dropped from a boat and then like slowly uh, is like washing ashore. Yeah, or or even from the from the villa. I'm not, I'm not sure how far with the villa is, but, but well, yeah. That's a good point. And, but, yeah. but either either way, that it makes a lot of sense that the that that body at least would come from like maybe it's tanya maybe it's Portia. oh you no know, maybe she, but like remember it out and jack kills her or something wait, oh, remember something. in the in the premiere when rocco tells valentina that multiple guests have drowned yeah what if it's like all of quentin and those guys yeah and and oh was there ever some said something like at that point? Was there ever something that was said along the lines of like some are hotel guests and some like maybe if they're um man, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna pull up pull up the premiere and as we discovered earlier, we won't be able to play this on the episode, at least not through HBO Max. Um but you and I I think will be able to hear it. Otherwise, or at least I will be able to. Um, because I w- I do want to know exactly what what Valentina and Rocco said there. Because I know it. He does say he does mention multiple people 
or multiple guests. Um, but I, yeah, exactly how it's phrased could be important. All right, let's cue this bad boy up. I'm just going to try to share it with you. I don't think it'll work, but. Are you hearing this? Connecting to something yep. higher. Oh, you are? Okay. Daphne, nice meeting survivors Kara and Angelina. Oh, I'm gonna better look at this body now too. So it hits Daphne's leg. Let's see. So they even do a good job, just before pause it here, of masking whether it's a man or a woman. I it I'm leaning male, but you can't yeah. really tell for sure. Uh, all right, let's see here. Okay, the man she remember how we were talking with Neil about the guy she goes to at the beach. Yep. Um. I don't think it's Cameron. This guy's wearing... Maybe it's sunglasses? Okay, here's Valentina. Showing up. Throw on some subtitles here. Okay. Valentina. Okay, so he starts off saying one of the guests has drowned. Okay. And then he says, you don't understand. Other bodies have been found. She says, what other bodies? What do you mean other bodies? Other guests have been killed, is how Rocco puts it, but that could still just be death, and they're not sure if it's murder or not. How many dead guests are there, she asks. Says he doesn't know. A few. And it cuts to over the beach with the police there. I think that's it. Yeah, then it cuts back to the the week prior. They don't say how many, but they definitely say, you know, there's multiple bodies. I think it would make make sense. It would all track that the other guests, other bodies are Quentin and his friends. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it would. Very interesting. Man, that would that would be a turn. It would be. But but in a way that now we see has been like extremely well set up. Yeah. Cause I just wonder like like Greg coming back is like it is ha has to meet these people and then 
when you think about it more, it's like, oh, I think he's gonna like he's in a scheme with these people for sure. Unless the plan is for Tanya to be dead by the time he returns. Oh, that could be. Yeah. Because because then he would have no connection or no known connection with with the other group. And it would just kind of give them more of a, of an alibi or a stronger story if they didn't know each other, if they never even met. Yeah. But Tanya could be alive when he comes back. Throwing all of whack. Oh man. Gosh, I I've I I I've got to buy into that theory right now, Dirk. I I I love it too much to go against it. That'd be something, huh? Even if it's not what happens, that's such a good connection of just the different pieces. And they they it all fits so well together. So even if it's not right, it should be. Yeah, that means that it probably won't be right though, because it's gonna come out of left field, I bet. But but the, the, the fact that you came like to it so, so immediately, it's not out of left field. But what if Porsche dies? Like the I don't know. I just I just think out of all of it, I think that Greg um is the cowboy and I think that Greg is like scheming with these dudes, Quentin Quentin and these dudes. I, I think that there's too many like ominous scenes with them um this episode. Like the Greg part is definitely a reach, but there's too many um like ominous things this episode that have been as or that went on with those guys that did not think that they're up to something no good with Tanya. But I'm hoping that you're right about Tanya, that they're giving her more and like she's slowly kind of, I don't know, not being so out of it or in her own world, I guess. And uh, like she can't sleep at night. So she's always up and around moving. Like she's going to like, I don't know, hopefully put some stuff together because think about it. She was up that night when Greg was on the phone. You know what I mean? Yep. And See, like then she was up tonight or this last night and found that stuff happening with Jack and Quentin or yeah, Quentin. And it's like, she's going to sneak around and figure some stuff out. The other thing though, that I think it, it makes sense that Greg would be involved because would they add another conflict, if you will, this late in the season that doesn't relate to something else that's already happening? I think from a narrative, like a storytelling standpoint, yeah. it makes more sense for to have these two things that could come together at the end rather than have them be two separate storylines, basically. Yeah. But whatever whatever happens with with Quentin and and Greg and all this stuff, I'm now very, very intrigued as to what how just how it all plays out in the end. Oh man. You got me thinking, Dirk. I love this. Yeah. But I need to hear your theories now. So my theories, and I'm I'm quickly looking back through some pictures on the Warner Brothers site for Cameron's swimsuit to see if it matches the one that the guy was wearing that Daphne runs to on the beach. Okay. I don't think it does. Um no, my my theories I kind of got into was one is Cameron broke. You know, what does that all lead? Um, the the Quentin stuff, which you expanded on, but that there's clearly something off with that group. Um, whether yeah. they're just whatever whatever it is that there's ulterior motives somewhere along the lines there. Um, and then the big one for me is is the Daphne part. And when she's talking to Harper about her her trainer, um, you know, is the trainer 
just how she's referring to her, her kid is kind of a code for Harper or yeah. is, is her son biologically the, the trainer's son, that whole thing. I think you're going to be right about the trainer one. I like that. That one I'd be very happy because I would like it the most for Daphne as a character. Yeah. Um, but Agreed. in terms Agreed. in terms of how in terms of the storyline, I want the Greg one to be true. Cause I think that'd be so cool. That'd be Cause, wild. Cause, that, cause that gives that gives the season like... more of like a sinister vibe that the first one didn't have. Cause that's an that's like actively someone tr- trying to do something bad. Whereas for season while, one since the first season, yeah. And season one, it was more so just like things happen and progress, but this is one that was kind of set forth the entire. Yeah. Also, I'm, I try, I'm trying to think this, think this throughout loud when, when Greg and Tanya are fighting and Greg says he didn't want to come here. Was he saying that he didn't want to come with or that he didn't want them to go on the trip at all? Do you remember that scene early on? Cause if he's saying, wait, say it again. There's there's a, there's a scene early on where I think they're at dinner and Greg was saying that he didn't want to come on this trip. That I'm trying to think of the context if he wanted Tanya to I go on. Greg her was own. the one that wanted to go to the on the trip. Tanya wanted to go, not Greg. That's how that's how I think it was. Because if your I thought theory like is, Tanya was like Greg's always oh man I don't know because if your theory is true, then Greg could have wanted Tanya to go by herself without him. To give himself even more of a cover. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, you could be right. That's what I want to know the context of that conversation. I think yeah, what I'm gonna need to do look it up because that's a that there's a lot that hinges on that. I think what I'm gonna need to do is bef- after next week, but before the finale, is rewatch all the episodes. See where episode, yeah, I think I'm gonna have to do that too. See where episode six idea. episode six leaves us, and then rewatch everything in the context of new theories and and thoughts yeah and see like what what is connecting and what isn't yes yes it's a great idea i love it all right but let's let's finish up here get to our mvp lvp and deaths my death has been has been thrown all out of whack so i'll have to do that on the fly here um i'll start here my mvp i'm going back to daphne actually this week i'm i i said my friend you are i like it i said early on that i gave her an mvp because i wasn't sure how many chances she'd have but Apparently yeah. it's a lot of chances. Like I am, I'm really, really liking what she's doing. This is my third one for her out of five episodes. So she's my fourth. This is my yeah, fourth. She was awesome. I loved her. Really? <laughs> yeah. Episode two, just with the drunk charity, which was hilarious. Oh, wait, no, this is my third. Oh, I yeah. already counted. Yeah. It's my third, third of hers. Um, I was gonna say she's a she's a walkaway winner. This is your fourth out of five. Three out of five. I still I think with you, I think she she's not walking away, but she's got a nice a nice lead now. Um, she's just like a decent person in a sea of undecent yeah. people. It seems like she's now, doing her best. Yeah. And now some of that could could change on if she does just cheat on Cameron and much Cameron cheats on her, but I'm. Kind of doing the MVP vote based on my theory being right that her trainer Lawrence is just her son. But either way, she's got some, like we said before, she got some really nice depth that we weren't expecting to see, or at least I wasn't. Um, so I'm. This is more of an MVP point for just the yeah. character being overall better than I was expecting at the beginning of the season. Completely agree. 
Um, my LVP. Yeah, that's like that's pretty much summed up everything I want to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, this wasn't a great episode for, for MVPs. I had I had a little bit of trouble finding those here. Um, my LVP going back to the Cameron well, like just he sucks as a, as a person. So screw you, guy. Another L, another <laughs> another LVP for Cameron. Yeah, that's very well deserved. Who do you got for LVP? My LVP. I'm going back to another another one of my guys, Ethan. Um, he uh. I just I did not appreciate that scene of like oh him turning it all around on Harper, um, and then in general like I, I like he called out Cameron which was good, but um, this whole episode he just was like, in, you know he kind of brought it on himself and like in the in the same way like he just like he he did not have a good episode by any means like it's not even me like hating on him the whole episode, but like in general he he just had a horrible episode <laughs> because like you said, he didn't even, he like didn't want to be at dinner at all. He's like, well, I'm on this vacation. You know what I mean? So it's not even like just strictly about being like, I don't like Ethan. The guy just had a, he had a terrible day at the white Lotus, an awful day at the white Lotus really. So he, he's the LVP for me. All right. Now my, my death, I had Tanya originally because of the Quentin thing. But when you mentioned the Greg theory, don't think they would let Greg win. I don't think so will. either, man. I don't think so either. So that really, really throws me off. Um, let me think about this. Do you ha- do you have your your death pick? Yeah, I'm going to go with Greg. I think he's coming back. He's getting killed one way or another. Um, that's what I'm switching to. I feel like my death picks are are like different every episode but whatever <laughs> i'm gonna, I'm gonna no, stick you, with you've gone dom dom cameron cameron greg okay i do think cameron's up there too i think that i had a theory that lb is gonna um um like confront him about paying what's her name lucia lucia yep what's then, her name like, like you don't know her yeah name. sorry <laughs> i was gonna confront her about paying lucia and then like they're gonna get a big tussle somehow cameron dies from that i don't know Dude, they can go a freaking anyway. It's all so crazy to think about, but I love thinking about it. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna actually copy you with with the Greg. He wasn't even on my radar, but again, your theory just threw yeah, everything I gotta out stick of with whack. The theory with this one, man. I gotta um, stick with the theory. But Quentin could also be shouts to Neil. He had Quentin as his pick last week. Oh wait, that's a and- great pick. Yeah. And see the the thing is because our our pick now is who is the body, yeah. But but hmm. the the way we're thinking now, credit all credit to you, is that Greg and Quentin could both be dead easily, yeah. And and so again, our pick now is is who is the body that brushed up against Daphne, and and actually, but it could be Quentin even too. Actually, I'm much more, much less inclined to say say Cameron now. Um, I am as well. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. He, he's, a, he's a douche and a dick and he sucks for all sorts of reasons. But unless Daphne was involved in his death, I feel like her reaction would be much different. And like, like yeah. so if she were involved in acting and I, from everything we've seen from her, I don't think she would be responsible for it. Agreed. So I I I've gotta say they've gotta come from the the Quentin Greg 
Jack group. Like, and yeah. I say, I, I say it's got to, like, I know anything, but it feels <laughs> the most likely at this point. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Man. I'm interested to hear Neil's thoughts. I wonder if he has any theories, too. Oh, man. Two episodes left. A lot to happen. We'll have Neil's thoughts next week, hopefully, on this on this week. Get, we'll get to rehash the Greg theory. Oh, man. Good man. stuff, my friend. This this is the... I've, I've loved the whole season, but this yeah. was the first episode where it's like, oh, there's like... A, B, C, D, E, F, G things to talk about in yeah, in more so than just oh, LB was awkward again or oh, Dom sucks again. Yep. It's just like here, here's where the show is headed type of discussion. And that's this was a great. I hope I've got to think next episode will be more of the same right up to the finale. Yeah, yeah, because this is the first episode where I'm like pausing things to Google something to see if I like if I'm remembering it right or you know connecting stuff. Um. And then it's like where the theories really can get wild. It's like you start thinking something and you can be like, wait, did did this happen in a couple episodes? Let me Google it and like somebody else will be talking about it. And it's like everyone's just thinking like crazy theories and I absolutely love it. I cannot wait for more. Because it's like next episode, we're probably going to have three different theories that we had no idea we were even <laughs> that we were considering. I would love or, it. I would, or, it's like, I would... or it's like piecing together some of the stuff that we've already talked about. And then it's going to be like, oh, did you catch that? Yep. Oh, I I hope the finale or we lead into the finale with with all sorts of different theories or thoughts that have been set up to work out and make sense and not feel like a twist for yeah. twist's sake. And then it's just a matter of what are the final pieces to put together to have this and that happen. Yep. And it's it's seeming like it is like that. I think the first season uh, wasn't wasn't uh, quite like that. Uh, but this one is sort of shaping up like that so far. I, I, think. I think it the first season worked though because it did. Yeah, it did. It did. Like the 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 setup of everything was a little bit different. It was just different. Right, and right. and so it made sense for that season. Totally. Like like That's if a way better way to explain it. Yeah. If like Bert just falls off a cliff and drowns out of nowhere, like that would that wouldn't make any sense for this one. It needs to yeah. be some sort of more methodical, thought out process. I feel like after five episodes, that's that's how it, that's the vibe that I'm getting for how the the deaths are going to happen. Yeah, that you're you explained it way better than than what I what I did. I think that it worked very well for the first season. This one, it seems like um, it it's uh, there's there's more yeah depth and and plot twists and turns happening um, like like throughout. I think some of these theories could be traced back to like some early episodes and we'll go work all the way through to the end. Now, do you I think, think, I think, oh, go, go, go. No, go, you, yes. no, you go, you go ahead. No, I was just wrapping up that, that thought pretty much. I didn't have much more to add. I was going to say, do you think, so in the premiere, when, when, um, Daphne comes across the body before that, she says they leave in a few hours. So that's their last day there. Do you think we'll see the dead body next week? And then the finale is going to be like the fallout of that, or do you think the the dead body and the fallout are all going to be the finale? I think they got to break it up at least a little bit, right? Like, like it could, it could, it could end with the with the body. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. And then the reveal and everything see, comes like, after the very end. Yeah, and then and then they they work through it on the last episode. Who knows? So we might get the we might get the death. Uh, I feel, like, the, I feel like I feel like the actual body, tomorrow. like the identification, will be the finale, though. Okay. I feel like they yeah, wouldn't. You're right. Like, well, yeah. 
Because you don't need to tell who it was tomorrow. I mean, this this next. Wish it was tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, no, seriously, that's what I think after every episode. <laughs> All right, well, I think I think unless you've got anything more else to add, I think we rambled on enough for this week. Um, yeah, found plenty no, to talk about, all, even just the two all, of us. All for me. And we'll be back next week, hopefully with some more more wild theories and thoughts on on where things are going to finish up here in season two of the White Lotus. But it's been a blast through five episodes. I'm sure the last two will be more of the same. And to make sure you get the episode right away. Um, make sure you subscribe, Gnome Boys Pod, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Gnome Boys Pod. And for, for Dirk, this is Matt Hambidge, and we'll see you all next week. <laughs> <laughs>